Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Welcome to our new Money 101 series, where I break down classic money topics in easy to digest and highly actionable episodes. That was a mouthful. (laughs) But in this episode, you're going to learn why you should ditch your budget and instead start tracking your cash. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Hello, ETM fam. It is so good to have you on this episode. I am so excited about these new Money 101 episodes that I'm going to be doing over the next few months. And if you like them, I will keep them up. But I'm going to be breaking down some topics like how to pay off debt, ways to easily start investing, how to improve your credit score, and so much more. You know, all the meat and potato stuff around money that you really need to know. It doesn't feel maybe sexy or as exciting or exhilarating as some of the other money topics. 
But I promise you, this is where the sweet spot really is when it comes to your money. When I used to be a practicing certified financial planner, still one, but non-practicing at this point so that I can be here with you all the time talking about money, I would go into clients who would hire me and they would want to jump immediately to big, big topics or big, big goals that they had. And of course, my objective was to help them make sure that money goal was achieved. But we oftentimes, I would say 99.9% of the time, we had to go back and talk about the foundations around money. And this didn't matter how old they were, how young they were, how much money they made, how much money they didn't make, their net worth, their demographic. It didn't matter. This was universally a concept that we had to focus on. And then when I felt like they had the foundation and we kind of went back and maybe retuned a few things about money, then it was like, okay, now we plug in your new overhauled money foundation into your goals so we can actually make your goals happen. And so I don't want you to think listening to this episode, like, oh my gosh, Shauna, you're just going back to basics. Like I'm so beyond basics. Instead, what I want you to think about is, hmm, I wonder if I need to go back and fine tune some of the basics. And then maybe I could start inching closer to my goal. Just something to think about. This episode is dedicated to the much hated uh, and universally loathed idea of budgeting. As you can tell, I am not a fan as well myself. I started out in financial planning talking about budgeting, and then I realized this didn't work for me and it didn't work for anybody else. And so why don't we kind of flip it on its side and think about it a little bit differently? That's because... I also believe that budgeting was never taught properly to you. So the fact that you hate budgeting, it isn't really actually your fault or why you feel like you've never been able to do it, quote unquote, properly is not your fault. It's just a system that was set up to fail. So if you never felt like you could do this thing or the numbers just never end up working out for you, I don't want you to worry at all, but I want you to know you're in really supreme company. Probably everybody here listening to this episode right now would probably say the same thing. They don't like budgeting. (laughs) They feel like it's restrictive. They just don't like the feeling of it. So you don't do something that you don't think feels good. I mean, that is just the number one reason why most of us don't want to deal with money at all. And it feels like budgeting is always this entry point to quote unquote, if you could see my air quotes right now, doing money successfully. So when it doesn't work, somehow you feel like you are bad at money. And that just couldn't be further from the truth. It really couldn't. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our new budget rescue episodes, make sure you find a recent one where you can hear me really break down real life budgets from listeners just like you. And really work to demystify this whole idea around budgeting. So think of the budget rescue episodes as like a workshop where you get to see behind the scenes of someone's real life budget, how they're spending their money, and listen to me offer some guidance and suggestions for how to get back on track or 
how to focus more on your goals or maybe there's a little something where I say, oh, you might think about it this way. That's certainly not a time for me to tell you there's a right way or a wrong way to do this. So if you've ever worked with a money expert and they have said, point blank, you have to do it this way, I just want you to know that that is nonsense because everything when it comes to personal finance is, it depends. Asterisk mark, asterisk mark. It depends. It depends on you. It depends on your emotions. It depends on what's important to you. It doesn't depend on me. Actually has very little to do with me, but everything to do with you. So I want you to feel a little bit more empowered, have a little bit more agency when it comes to your money. When I named this series 101, again, I was really hesitant because 101 sounds like elementary, like we're starting back at the basics. But I want you to think of, this is an example that I like to use a lot. Think of making a pizza. My favorite pizza lately is this really amazing restaurant here in Asheville, North Carolina, where I live. It is called Pizza Mind. If anyone from Pizza Mind is listening right now, please know that I love your pizza. (laughs) I am a true fan. I am a gluten-free eater. I've been gluten-free since I lost the hearing in my left ear about three and a half years ago. And I consume all sorts of gluten-free things. And of course, pizza was something that I loved before I lost my hearing. And oh my God, I can tell you, I can taste like what really great dough tastes like still. I remember that. I have that firm memory. But Pizza Mine has this amazing gluten-free crust that I have just told myself is just as yummy as regular, very glutinous pizza, but it actually is. It's super yummy. So they have this spicy, uh, really spicy sausage and black olive and green pepper. That is kind of like my pizza jam. I digress. Whatever your favorite toppings are, the truth is you can't make a pizza without having some sort of dough or bread or base, whatever you want to call it. Otherwise, it would just be like a saucy, cheesy mess. Not that there's anything wrong with that idea. So with money, it's this idea that you need to form your crust or your base to have everything sit on top of it. So think of the toppings on a pizza almost like your goals, right? You add them on top and some people like a ton of toppings. Some people only like one or two toppings. It doesn't matter. You get the idea, the the analogy that I'm, I'm trying to use here. Now I'm very, very hungry. I'm recording this episode around lunchtime, so I'm definitely craving pizza right now. But let's get back to the episode. So traditional budgeting is taught forward-looking, right? It's looking ahead to the month, to the upcoming month. But that in itself is just full of flaws because you don't know exactly what you're going to spend in that month. You have a pretty good idea of what your normal costs are, like your mortgage or your rent, your car payment, your student loan payment. Those things you have a pretty firm grasp on It's all the other stuff that comes up in a month that you don't really know. A budget doesn't force you to make intentional choices with your money. When you feel bad or frustrated or angry or pissed off, when your numbers don't match up, 
you just don't want to do it anymore. So you do this epic cycle of wondering why you can't ever achieve your money goals or why you're stuck in a paycheck to paycheck cycle. And I want you to throw this myth out right now. Being stuck in paycheck to paycheck actually has, it does have some indication, of course, of what your paycheck is. I I don't want to make that blanket statement, but I have seen people that make multiple six figures and are living in a very paycheck to paycheck cycle. All right. That's just the idea I want you to think about. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. 
That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. So there's this, this caveat that happens virtually with everyone regardless of income is that they can get in this cycle of just spending money without really knowing where their money's going. So what's going on here? Well, we need to diagnose the problem before we can fix it. Just like when you go to a doctor, right? He asks you all of your, or he or she, I shouldn't just say he, he or she or they or them ask you, what's wrong with you? You know, what are your symptoms? What are you feeling? And then those feelings then they dive into, okay, well, let's look at this. Let's look at that. So the same thing with your budget. The problem is, is twofold. It's not your fault. One, money is incredibly emotional and also a very primal need. So it's easy to place emotions on money and just not want to look at your spending, just not want to deal with it. It's like the, reminds me of like the boogie monster when you were a kid and you maybe hid under your covers or you thought there was something in the closet, whatever it might be. So the idea with money is if we just ignore it, it won't be there. But that doesn't really work because we could ignore it, but it's still happening. We're still going out every day. We're still spending money. So we can't really just ignore it. And then number two is you don't actually know all the places your money is going. You have a pretty good idea. You know that you will go out with your friends, maybe go to happy hour, 
you go to your favorite lunch spot, maybe you bought gas today, you bought some groceries, but you really haven't added those expenditures up to have a firm grasp on that amount of money. And then more importantly, that amount of money's impact on your money goals. So both of these are problems and you can overcome them. I promise you, you can do that. I know because I have been there myself many years ago, 10 plus years ago, I absolutely hated, hated is, is I mean, I hated in like all capital letters looking at my ATM receipts. So I'd go to the ATM and either to deposit a check or to get money out. And of course, now I don't go to the ATM. So this story is a little bit irrelevant. But when the receipt would come out, I would fold that receipt up and I would never want to look at the numbers on it. It Wasn't because I didn't really have money in my bank account. It was just money is emotional. So the numbers to me elicited an emotional response and it would make me go, just a little bit kooky, I would just get panicked the rest of the day thinking about all the other expenses that are coming up and is there going to be enough money and then I wasn't being present in the day. It just was a complete train wreck for me. Even to this day, I've had some, over the last couple of months, some pretty big expenditure days on things that were my choice to spend money on but I still have to watch what happens in my head because I start adding things up. And it's just not a good place for me. But that's proof that money is just very emotional. Maybe you can relate to that in some way. So it took a lot of time to diagnose what was going on with me. There was lots of fears around money, blocks from childhood. I was afraid money was going to run out and I was going to lose my house. I mean, it just went in this whole spiral. I was an entrepreneur And I just believed that it's inevitable. All entrepreneurs fail. That's just what happens, right? And then you don't have any money. And I I started to really believe those lies. So there was just this whole bunch of gunk that I had to move through. And it's a process. It's still a day-by-day process. So I've got two questions. I want you to just take some time and think about these. Whether you come back to this episode or you want to pause now, I want you to just really, really sit with these two questions. So the first one is, how does money make you feel? What are the emotions that come up for you around money? What are the stories that come up from you? All of that. I want you to sit and really dive into it in a non-judgmental way. And the second question is, what are you most afraid of when it comes to your money? That question usually reveals a lot too. It's going to help you gain some insight into your emotions that you're placing on money and just figure out what are those blocks that are really getting in your way. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The hosts, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. 
If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks, where they explain how you get started right away. And back to basics of building our portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. So I want to talk about a better way to manage your money. I call it your money flow, uh, cash tracking, spending plan, whatever you want to call it. The beauty is that you get to create the name. But I want to explain to you the concept. And the concept starts with cash tracking. If you've never done this before, and just be honest with yourself, I want you to try cash tracking this exercise for at least 30 days, but that's it. Only 30 days. I don't want you to feel like this is something that you have to continue doing over time because if that's the case, you're going to get overwhelmed from the beginning. So just think of it as this is my 30-day experiment. So I want you to grab a piece of paper or open a new doc on your computer And just very, very simply, very, very simply, I want you to do this. I want you to create one column that says what I think I will earn and what I think I will spend. And then the second column says what I did earn and what I did spend. So put these two columns next to each other, all right? So the first column before the month, you're going to fill out what I think I'm going to earn, which you probably have a pretty good idea unless you're an entrepreneur or You have side hustles and your money changes a little bit, but put your best guesstimate, what you think you're going to earn, what is the amount of money you're going to bring in, and include all the different sources that uh, you bring in money from. Then I want you to fill out what you think you're going to spend. So include on there the expenses that you know. So all of those fixed costs like your car payments, your, your housing, your car insurance, your student loan payment, your credit card payment, all the stuff that you know, pretty much is the same every single month. Then I want you to fill in what you think you're going to spend, but your variable costs. So those things that are changed. So things like eating out, things like entertainment, going to concerts, uh, traveling, um, anything that is in flux, right? That is flexible, that is going to change. So really think about it for the month upcoming. What do you think? Do you have any uh, expenses or any trips or anything different that maybe it's going to happen in the next month? Like include all of those things. All right. Then I want you to, so you're going to do that first column and you're going to do it before the beginning of the month. And it's literally going to take you, should take you less than 15 minutes right? Super, super quick. 
It's your guesstimate. It's your best guess. Then the second column, I want you to come back to at the end of the month. This is the reality. This is what actually happened. So our second column is what I did earn and spend. And you can do this easily, lots of different ways. You can either look at your bank statement and categorize your expenses, or there are a lot of apps that automatically do the categorization for you. But I want you to put that in the document or the sheet or whatever you're using, post-it note, I don't really care. I want you to put that next side by side to what I thought, you know, what I will spend, what I think I will spend versus what I did spend and earn, right? So you're comparing those two. So the easy way to do this is to work on the second column week by week. This is what I do. So let's say maybe 10 minutes a week, if even that, you're filling in these categories with your weekly spending. So the idea is that once you get to the end of the 30 days, you already have all your information in there. And it's much easier when you do it by week by week than at the end of the month when you know, you're just having to look through what all went on in the month. And when you're doing this exercise week by week, you start to see some things happening. Like let's say for eating out, I thought I was going to spend $350 this month, but I'm already in week two and I've already actually spent $300. All right. So my brain goes to what do I need to do? Am I going to decide to just keep spending eating out because I don't really care this month? Or am I going to maybe change a little bit of my spending habits and maybe be a little bit more intentional? This is where the emotional side of money can really help you, where the feelings can really help you, right? You're the only one that's in charge, in control. If you spent more than that $350 to eat out, the only person that that actually impacts is yourself. Maybe your family, of course, but let's just go with this idea of you. So it's up to you. There isn't any right or wrong. That's the thing we need to throw out with this idea of budgeting. I like cash tracking because we're just, we're doing an exercise. We're just doing a game. We're just trying to see where we can find patterns and where we can see some things. We're like, "Mm, I don't know if I like that. Maybe I want to change that a little bit. All right. See how that works. I also want you to incorporate your goals too. So if you're putting money in an emergency fund, incorporate that. Maybe you have a travel fund or a fun money fund, whatever. I want you to incorporate that as well so you can see the progress you're making. And then at the end of the 30 days, again, I want you to compare these two columns to see where things went well and where they didn't, but I don't want you to place any judgment on it. I just want you to have this awareness like, oh, that's interesting, right? So one of the things when I worked with uh, people was they would always say after we did this exercise, like, oh, I'm really embarrassed to show you the numbers. I don't want you to make a judgment call. I don't want you to, I don't know, make me feel bad. I'm like, wow, this is actually, this is an exercise. This is not intentional to make you feel one way or another. I understand that it's money and inherently that's what happens with money. But this is just like, let's just do a check-in. Let's just see what's actually going on. Let's diagnose where your money is going. Once we diagnose it, then maybe we can reroute it in different directions. We can look for patterns. We can do all of that stuff. But 
let's just keep the judgment, shame, blame, all of that. Let's just keep that out right now because it doesn't belong. So why does this matter? Well, that's a good question. It's to get this baseline and understand where your money is going before you make any big changes. And again, changes are totally optional. That's the good news. You get to decide what's right for you and your life. And I don't care. There are so many money experts out there that are going to tell you it's right or wrong to do certain things with your money. And I think that is complete bullshit. I'm just going to call it what it is. In my opinion, money is personal. This is your life. These are your decisions. You get to do with your money as you wish. And nobody else gets to tell you what to do or not to do. Again, unless it's impacting other people. But for most of us, it isn't or that other person is along with us, all right? So let's just get rid of all of that shame and that guilt and all of these just heaps of feelings that keep us stuck. So when you know where your money is going, you can start to make some choices. Number one, I'm okay spending X on eating out or shopping or happy hour with friends. I'm okay with it. Or two, uh, I'm not really okay with it. I'd like to make some changes, maybe create some boundaries because I'd rather send some of that money to my goals, right? So you, you can make a decision. You have two choices. Neither one of them is good or bad. The whole point of cash tracking is to put you back in control of your money. And one of the most powerful things you can do, I think, is to automate your money and your goals. So once we've done the cash tracking, this is where the beauty starts happening. So here's how this looks. Let's say you do the cash tracking exercise for two months. You get a good feel for your money flow. One month is good. If you can only stomach this for 30 days, I'd rather you just do it for 30 days. But if you could do it for two months, then you're going to really see these patterns, right? But it's up to you. So you figure out some changes, you get a feel for where you're spending in certain areas, you know exactly where your money is going, you've already maybe uncovered some subscriptions you were paying that you didn't know, maybe you decided to call your internet and cell phone carriers and ask for a better yet cheaper plan, maybe you even called your credit card companies and asked for interest rate reduction, maybe you checked your car insurance for a better rate. Remember, you want to do this at least two times a year. So maybe you did some of these things. Now we need to capture and redirect that extra money and send it to your goals. Let me just say this. The only reason you create a cash spending plan, the only reason you create this cash tracker exercise, the only reason you do any of this stuff is because I know You've got all of these things you want to do with your money. And the problem is that you haven't been able to do them because you haven't been able to afford them yet. Or maybe you're working towards it, but maybe it's just not going as well as you'd like it to go. That's the only reason we're doing any of this stuff is to put you in a better position so that you can hit your goals quicker, more efficiently, more intentionally. That's it. So let's say you want to save $500 a month for your emergency fund. 
you want to send an additional $300 to debt payoff. Maybe you want to save $250 a month in a travel fund. And maybe you decide you want to increase your retirement contributions by a couple percentage points. Your goals can be absolutely anything. Small, big, it doesn't matter. I'm just using these as an example. So you can automate all of this because you already know the money is there for you to use it each month, right? Because you've done the cash tracking and you're like, I have excess money every month. And again, I found subscriptions that I wanted to cancel and maybe I've made some changes. So I know there's extra money and I know that if I just leave it in my bank account, (laughs) we know what happens, right? I mean, this is what happens for me. I'm assuming this is what happens for you. That money just disintegrates and it's not in there. So I've got to redirect it, right? I've got to send it on its way to my goals. So your paycheck comes in, money auto flows out to these goals, and what you're left with is fun money or just a little buffer money from month to month. So not only can you automate your fixed expenses, those things you have to pay, you can also automate all of these variable, flexible, whatever you want to call them, expenses as well. So think of it this way. All your money is flowing into these different buckets without you having to do one important thing. All right, you ready for it? You do not have to make a conscious choice. (laughs) So you take your brain and the emotions around money out of the equation. So if you decide you want to save $250 every month because you want to go on an epic trip next year, that money automatically comes out of your bank account when your paycheck flows in. You don't have to make a decision about it. You don't have to say, oh, well, I don't know, maybe I'd rather use that $250 for something else this month, or you forgot about the $250 and now it's not there. You see where I'm going. If we can remove the emotion and the decision point around money that we all universally, universally, we stumble on this because our brains just, we don't like money. We like money, but we don't like money. And it's just, it's a mess in our head. So we're trying to take that out of the equation. So when you look at your buckets of money, you can actually see your money growing your debt reducing, all sorts of things. And it's just like magic. It's just magical. So cash tracking is forward-looking with, and with is the important word here, the knowledge of your spending patterns. This is how you do money. This is how you grow wealth. Whatever you want to call it, this is how you do this without spending hours on spreadsheets decision-making, having to cut out $3 coffees, having to be so laser-focused on every expense. The only reason we do cash tracking at the beginning for a period of time is just we need to assess the situation. We need to see what are the symptoms here? What is really going on? Once we know that information, then we can say, okay, here's what's going on. Here's the little tweaks I want to make. And here's how I'm going to redirect that money and I'm going to do it automatically so I don't even have a choice. And then when I get a raise or a bonus or if I'm an entrepreneur, I make more money, that's just extra money to send in all of those directions. So it's brilliant. So when you make more money, again, you can change the automation. 
You can increase your investing percentage. You can increase your debt payoff. Maybe you donate more. You can create more savings accounts for your goals. Whatever it is you like to do, but you just automate this. You just take it out of your hands and then you don't have to spend hours and hours every month laboring over this and and having to make conscious choices. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or family member, somebody who is also ready to just burn the budget, get rid of that old stodgy system that doesn't work and to step into something new. If you haven't done so already, I'd also love for you to leave an honest review in any podcast player you're listening to this episode in right now. Those reviews help other people to find this show and help us to continue to grow and grow. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. 